So we're going to go to the book of Ezra again this morning as we continue on through the book of Ezra. Chapter number 8. Ezra, the book of Ezra, chapter number 8. We're going to skip around just a little bit in our reading. And then if you'll leave your Bible open after we pray and are seated, we're going to, we're going to visit some other verses. But uh, beginning in verse number 1 there, Ezra chapter 8, verse number 1. <clears throat> These are now the chief of their fathers, and this is a genealogy of them that went up with me from Babylon in the reign of Artaxerxes the king. Of the sons of Phoenix, Gershom, of the sons of Ithamar, Daniel, of the sons of David, Hattush. Skip down to me if, uh, with me, if you would, to verse number 21, verse 21, unless you want me to read all these names to you. That's what I figured. Verse number 21. Thank you, for, thank you for not making me read all those names in front of you. Verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. Skip down again with me, please, to verse number 33. Verse 33. Now on the fourth day was the silver and the gold and the vessels weighed in the house of our God, by the hand of Merimoth, the son of Uriah the priest, and with him was Eleazar, the son of Phenis, and with them was Jozabad, the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, the son of Beniah, Levites, by number and by weight of every one, and all the weight was written at that time, also the children of those that had been carried away, which were come out of captivity, offered burnt offerings unto the God of Israel, twelve bullocks, uh, for all Israel, ninety and six rams, seventy and seven lambs, twelve he-goats for sin offering. All this was a burnt offering unto the Lord. And they delivered the king's commissions unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors on this side, the river, on this side the river, and they furthered the people and the house of God. Um, I titled a message this morning. We need God's hand upon Riverside Baptist Church. We need God's hand upon Riverside Baptist Church. Let's pray. We'll get going. <clears throat> Father, what a great joy it is to be here today uh, with uh, this congregation. Certainly, we don't want to forget about those that are watching live stream that are part of this church. And Lord, we pray that you'd continue to help us. Um, in our walk with you and in the uh, ministry that you have given us here at Riverside Baptist Church. And Father, for this message, I pray you bless the reading of your word and the preaching to follow. Lord, I, I need your help. I've asked for that. I need your power. You know, Lord, clarity of thought and speech and, and just help me to keep moving. Lord, that, that this message might come out just the way that you would have it and that the hearts of your people would be open 
receptive. Lord, we need your hand upon this church. And I pray that you would uh, drive that point home with us this morning even. And we'll thank you for what you accomplished. For we do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And please do be seated. If you were here last Sunday morning, um, you'll remember how we saw that the Word of God, in the Word of God, how that our uh, Heavenly Father wants to bless His people. He wants to bless His people. I mean, it's very evident. We saw that very evident. Um, He wants to bless you. I mean, you. He wants to bless you. That's our God. He's a loving, caring Heavenly Father, and He wants to bless you. It's worded this way in our Bible. God wants to put His hand upon your life. That's the way it's said. He did it for Ezra, and last week we learned why he did it for Ezra. Um, It was because Ezra was obedient to God's Word. God's Word proved that. God's hand was upon Ezra's life because Ezra was obedient to God's Word. Ezra chapter 7 verse 10 says, Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Um, We can see that very same Bible principle in the New Testament Where Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 verse 28, Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. So this isn't just an Old Testament principle. This is a Bible principle. That we would have a heart to receive the word of God and obey it. To do it. Not just to to hear it. Not just to read it. But to do it. That we would have a heart to receive and to do. God's blessing is upon those who, with an obedient heart of faith, seek to do His will. He he wants a people that love Him enough that they will seek Him and what He wants and then be willing to follow Him as He gives them direction. That's what He wants. He he doesn't want to be a God that keeps His people like this. Somebody say amen. amen. That is not our God. He's not that way. He doesn't want to have to put a bit in our mouth. And try to pull us in this way or that way. That's not our God. That's not what He wants. He wants us to love Him enough that we would get in His Word or hear His Word. And then we would obey His Word. Well, why, preacher? Just so He can be glorified? No, that we can be blessed. And when we are blessed, He is glorified. Our God is a loving, caring God, and He wants to help us. He he wants to do this for us, and He will put His hand upon your life to help you in every area as you work at living your life His way. Well, preacher, I want the hand of God upon my life. Well, are you doing what God would have you to do? Well, you know, well, well, no, see, that's, no, no, that's the problem. I'm not trying to be ugly in this whatsoever. I'm not trying to be ugly. Uh, we, we, have, we, have a new, we have a new Christianity in the United States of America that says that you can pretty much just live your life any way you want to because, you know, Jesus died for you and He loves you anyway. And He does love you anyway. But we want the blessings of God to fall all over us while we're going ahead and doing whatever we want to do. And it goes against the Bible. And I'm telling you, God will never go against His own word. He's not going to do it. And so he, uh, he, 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 he sent his only begotten son 
uh, to die for the sin of mankind, which he did, shed his blood, rose again after the third day. He he gives us the promise that if we will repent and trust Christ as our Savior, that He will save us, save our soul, that He will give us a new life. It's called new birth. He, He gives us that promise. And then He gives us the promise that if we will heed His Word to do His Word, that He will bless us. Now, there is nothing, there is nothing, um, in that, 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 that one person sitting in this auditorium or listening by live stream cannot do. Salvation is open to everyone. God does not pick and choose who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. I don't care what the Calvinists say. That is not the case. It's not the case. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Absolutely so. So whosoever can be saved if they're willing to turn to God and trust the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did for us. Anybody. And anybody can be blessed by God as they heed what he has to say after they're saved to do it. To do it. Well, preacher, you're acting like this is easy. I'm not acting like it's easy. But it is simple. It's not above what, well, I just can't understand that. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that way. We can understand that. It is simple. I'm not saying it's easy. Because it's a fight, isn't it? Talked about that in Sunday school class today. There's a battle that rages on. I'm telling you, we get saved by the grace of God, and this battle starts. And it's a battle for, it's a battle for, it's a battle to try to, it's a battle to try to rob our love for Jesus away from Him and put it on something else. But I'm telling you, if we're loving Him the way we're supposed to love Him, everything else will begin to come in place. And even though we do fail, fall along the way, if we continue to get up and go forward, trusting God and His Word, doing what He says, we're going to be a blessed people. We're going to be blessed. But if we pick and choose out of the Word of God what we want to do and what we don't want to do, no, no, if we act like there's part of the Word of God that's not important or there's part of the Word of God that's not, it's just not for me, preacher. Oh, no, no, the Bible was written to you. Oh, I'll say it again. The Bible was written to you and it's written to me. It's a very personal book and God deals with us on a personal level, doesn't He? And so once we are His people, once we are truly saved by the grace of God, He deals with us through His Word, whether it be reading His Word, teaching of His Word, the preaching of His Word. He deals with us through His Word. And if we will just follow, if we'll just do, we can definitely be a blessed people. Um, He'll put His hand upon our life, no doubt. But I want to look this morning at a larger scale, because I believe we can see it here, not just thinking about us as individual believers, but us as a church, as a church. We know this, the church is not the building. The church is the people. It's a group of baptized believers that are doing their best to fulfill the Great Commission, to follow God's will. Saved, baptized believers that are doing their best to follow God's will and fulfill the Great Commission. Um, there could be nothing better for Riverside Baptist Church than to know that God's hand of blessing is upon her. <clears throat> he said he would build his church. I trust him to do that. It's not Bill Marshall's church. I don't, I've never claimed ownership of it and don't plan to ever claim ownership of it. 
The church belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his church. The Bible says he purchased it with his own blood. So it must be pretty important. The church, it must be pretty important. I mean, that he purchased it with his own blood. Absolutely so. And, and, and the church, again, it's talking about the people. Um, the Bible says it's a body. It's a body of believers. Well, what a great thought. What a great thought. Experiencing God's blessing and presence and power as we, as one body of Jesus Christ, work at living our lives, our lives God's way. No, it's a wonderful thought. How we can be blessed as a church. We are supposed to be one body. Come on, there is supposed to be great unity. We are supposed to all be headed in the same direction as one body. Come on, if the, if the left arm wants to go this way and the right arm wants to go this way, we're in trouble, aren't we? Yeah, no, no, no. No, we're supposed to be headed in the same direction. There's supposed to be unity of spirit. Uh, there, there is, there, there's there, there, there's so much that, 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 that God plans for his churches and wants to bless them. And we can have his hand upon our church. And truly, this is something that we should desire as a church, is it not? As a church. <clears throat> it, it gets really hard, truly. Um, when we're not all moving in one direction, when 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 we're we, we when we're trying to go our own way, when the church is headed this way, it's it's hard. It causes uh, disunity. It 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 uh, spreads discord. I mean, it's not good at all. Well, preacher, I mean, there's a lot of people in this church. I'm thankful. Well, I mean, you know, but people, I mean, they got their own opinions and ideas. Understood completely. Understand that. Yeah. Um, well, then how, how in the world are we supposed to all be headed in one direction? Well, we have one God and we have one book. And it gives us divine direction. And, and so we take what God gives us and we go the way that God wants us to go. I mean, if God puts, if God puts His Holy Spirit in us at salvation, and He does, and I'm thankful for that, I'm thankful that He saved me all those years ago, that He came to live in, in me and never has left me. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. So the same Holy Spirit lives in me. If you're saved, He lives in you. Uh, we know this. We know that God will never go against His Word. He doesn't go against His Word. So if the Holy Spirit is guiding us by God's Word, and we're listening, and we're obeying, and we're doing His Word, not just hearing, but doing, then uh, it only seems right that we would all be headed in the same direction. And would, we would be of one mind. Okay, I, I was hoping to get at least one amen there. And we would be of the same spirit. And, and that we would be headed in the same direction. Well, how come? To fulfill God's purpose. That's spreading the gospel. We should desire God's hand to be on this place. Look. The thought of church, to me, the thought of church just being a religious experience, I, it just, I can't, I don't want that. I, 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 God has so much more for us. It, it's not that, well, well, we've got to go to church because we don't go to church. The preacher's going to be calling. 
well, we've got to go to church because we don't. People are going to be talking bad about us. No, 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 no. We, 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 we come to church. We don't have to come to church. We get to come to church. We come to church to worship the God that loves us. And if we come with the right spirit, and if we come with the right attitude, and if we come desiring something from our great God, um, He's pretty good about filling us up, isn't He? He's pretty good about um, He's pretty good about speaking to our hearts and giving us direction along the way. I mean, we should desire for God's hand to be on our church that we would be that would be a glorious church. The way that God plans. And we can experience such. And we should. But that's never going to come to pass. Unless we as a church are willing to have hearts. That are prepared to receive the word of God. And to do it. Last week in chapter number 7. We saw that Ezra was very confident. He was very confident that God's hand was upon him. God blessed him. And it was not because he was from a good family. Although he was from a great bloodline, had a good godly heritage, but it was not because of that. And it was not because of the calling that God put upon his life or the position that he had in society. The hand of God was upon Ezra because he had a heart to hear God's word and to obey what it said. And in here in chapter number eight, we're no longer looking just at Ezra, but at the group that's traveling back to Jerusalem with him. And at the end of chapter number seven, he said, the hand of the Lord my God is upon me. But here in chapter number 8, the focus changes. In verse number 18, it says, by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of understanding of the son of Meli, the son of Levi. In verse 22, it says, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. In verse number 31, it says this, Then we departed from the river of Haba on the twelfth day of the first month to go into Jerusalem, and the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy uh, of, and of such as lay wait by the way. So the whole group, get this, the whole group was blessed by the same good hand of God of which Ezra had been blessed. Now, every church is in need of this. Every church. Our church needs this. We need this. Our biggest need is the touch of God upon the ministries of this church. We need for God to do what only He can do with a people that is fully surrendered to Him. If we're going to see souls saved, if we're going to see lives changed, if we're going to see people added to His church, we need God's good hand of blessing upon us. I absolutely believe that God wants to do that, uh, that very thing for us. However, if we are to see that happen, to see that come to pass, we must have the same obedient heart of faith. So, let's think together. How would that be demonstrated, this heart of faith? Well, I think first off, we can see it would be demonstrated by, by demonstrating our biblical priorities. Our biblical priorities. Look at verse number one again. It says, These are now the chief of their fathers, and this is the genealogy of them that went up with me from Babylon in the reign of Artaxerxes the king. Now watch this. Of the, of the sons of Phoenix, Gershom. Of the sons of Ithamar, Daniel. 
of the sons of David, Hattush. Now, look, one of the big reasons, one of the big reasons that God's blessing was upon the group uh, that was traveling was, was Ezra's commitment, was Ezra's commitment to God's biblical priorities for the people of God. God does have some biblical priorities for us, doesn't he? Come on, come on. A church is not just some haphazard group of people thrown together hoping that God blesses them, you know, if they praise Him enough. No, 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 no. There are some biblical priorities that are laid out that we need to follow. People's, people, people have thrown this to the wind. It's like none of this matters anymore. You don't need doctrine and you don't need all that. You just need to come in and just let yourself go and praise Jesus and all that. Now, I'm all for praising Jesus, but we have to have some biblical priority if we are going to do it God's way. And he, he did. Getting the people back to the promised land was very important, but that was not the most important. The most important issue for them was getting them back on track with God's purpose for them as a nation. He had to get them back on track. God had a purpose for them. Uh, the people of God were to worship the God of the people. I know that's not deep, but it's very true. The people of God were to worship the God of the people. Well, what's the big deal about that? Well, they were going to need, uh, they were going to need God-appointed priests to do so. They were going to need men who were descendants of the son of Aaron. That was God's priestly lineage. They had to have that. They couldn't just pick anybody to do that, could they? I mean, it had to be, it had to be of the Lord. So from Aaron's son, Phinehas, there was a priest by the name of Gershom. And from, from Aaron's son, Ithamar, there was a priest by the name of Daniel. Now, without, without these God-appointed priests, the Jews did not have the authority whatsoever to offer their sacrifice, uh, sacrifices and offerings to God. I'm saying they were not allowed to come up with their own plan. God had never given them a plan B. No, no, no. True biblical worship demanded that, that demanded priests who were the descendants of Aaron. And so he, he had to come up with these men. It had to be of this bloodline. It had to be this way. Well, how come? Because that's the way that God said it had to be done. And uh, God is the one that's in charge. Absolutely so. And so he had to have these men. And of course they were a messianic people. We know that. They were looking for the promised king. And they were looking for the kingdom that that king would establish. So they were in need of a son of David. You know, when the wise men came, remember, come on, we're right here at this season. When the wise men came, they questioned, where is he that is born the king of Jews? And the angels said to the shepherds back at that time, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now the people of Israel knew uh, that when the Messiah came, he would be a son of David. They knew that. Come on, I mean, these people knew that. They'd studied the Word. They were waiting for him. They were looking for the king. They, they knew that that, 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 that he would have to be a son of David. So at the end of verse number 2, we saw that name Hattush. Now his presence reminded the people of God's promise. His being there was to rekindle the hope of the coming kingdom of God. But there were also, they were also uh, not only Messianic people, but they're also people of the law. Now, uh, what do you mean, preacher? They were to be obedient to God's word. 
They were supposed to do what God said. They had the commandments of God and they were supposed to follow those. So the responsibility to transport the vessels used in the temple worship was assigned to the Levites by God. There had to be Levites to do that. Without that, they wouldn't have the people to handle those things. Well, you just get anybody to haul that stuff. No, 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 no. Not by God's standard. Not by God's principle. No, 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 no. Oh, look, okay, let me time out just a second. <clears throat> if we're going to do things here at Riverside Baptist Church, we want to come God's way, right? I mean, we want to be in line with God. It's not like, well, we need to figure out a different program. Because, I mean, this old stuff of just telling people about Jesus and, and having, having, you know, traditional songs and all that, it's not working anymore. And so what we need to do is we need to come up with a new plan. You know, and this preaching of the Bible, mercy, people don't want to be told they're sinners. They need to repent and they're on their way to hell. So, you know, what we need to do is soften that up and we can turn the lights down and we can change some things in the scenery. And boy, oh boy, we can draw a bigger crowd that way. No, no, we want to do things the way that God would have us to do things. And we want to do things in a way that's going to glorify Him and that's not going to just feed our flesh and make us have some type of a uh, euphoric experience where we feel so good while the music's going on. But when we leave the house of God, nothing changes in our life whatsoever. No, we don't want that. We want to do things God's way so that God can work in the hearts of people so that lives will be transformed by Him and not by us. We want that. We want to do things the way that God would have us to do things. So if they were going to haul this stuff, they had to have the Levites. And when Ezra discovered that there were no Levites with them, he would not go any further until God filled that gap. He wasn't going to go. Not going to happen. We've got to do this God's way. And God saw Ezra's faith, and God provided the need. If we read on through that, he sent 22 Levites um, that, that his work, that God's work might be accomplished his way. No, no, no. Ezra waited. We're not, we've got to do this God's way. We're going to wait on God. And he, he, and, and he petitioned God and God sent him 22 Levites to do the work so that God's work could be done God's way. Now, these were not things that, uh, these were not uh, just things that Ezra desired. No, 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 no. These are spiritual priorities concerning the nation of Israel. And because of that, Ezra was committed to observing them. Well, why are you doing that that, that way, Ezra? Is it just your own idea? Oh, no, no. This is the way God wants us to do it. So we're going to follow that plan. We're going to follow that pattern. It, you know, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed it yet. But things sure do go a lot better in my life when I do things God's way. I mean, it sure seems like, uh, uh, well, well, I know for a fact that, that my, my, my home is better, my marriage is better, my life is better when I do things God's way instead of my way. This world has a way that they think things ought to operate, but I've watched the uh, results of that, and it's never good. It's never positive. It might work for a small amount of time, but uh, in the long run, it never pans out, does it? It doesn't. So doing things God's way. Um, he knew that God would bless all the people. Ezra knew that God would bless all. He knew that God would bless all the people that were with him for that commitment. Stay true to God, Ezra. 
okay, I will, because I understand that God's going to bless us if we do things His way. If we so desire the continued blessing of God here at RBC, we must be willing to observe the spiritual priorities that God has given us. He's given to His churches. He gave those to His churches. I think certainly we would have to say the main one was taking the gospel to those that do not know Jesus Christ. That's the main thing. No, no, the church is here to propagate the gospel. The church is here to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church remains here to be a light to a dark world. The church remains here so that the church, that's you, that's me, that we would propagate the gospel, that we would carry the gospel to a lost and dying world, that we would be busy. Well, don't we have people that do that? Uh, We all should be doing that. Come on, we're talking about the church, right? If you make up part of the church, then you ought to be doing that. And certainly it's right here at home, and it's across our nation, and it's around the world. And we're working hard at doing that. He said to teach all nations. Come on. We ought to be doing it right here. We should be doing it right here, getting the gospel out to St. Joseph, Missouri. And we should be trying to help to get it, get it spread across the nation. And we do that because we, we support church planters that are planting new works across the United States of America. And we should be trying to get it around the world. And we do that because we support missionaries around this world that are trying to get the gospel. No, no, no. They're not over planting trees and just building homes, although some help that way. They are telling people about Jesus Christ so that their eternity can be changed. So that their life can be changed now and that their eternal destination can be changed. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It's a command that we have from God that we need to be carrying the gospel. Philippians 1.27, the last part of that verse says, With one mind, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. We're striving together for what? The faith of the gospel. So we need to be, we need to be evangelizing, uh, but also assembling with one another. No, no, it's, it's God's priority that we assemble with one another, coming together, coming together to sing praises to our great God, to hear the teaching and the preaching of his word, to worship him in spirit and in truth, to enjoy one another's fellowship in the spirit of unity. He, he wants us. He, he wants us. It's a priority for him. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another as, as so much more, uh, in so much more as you see the day approaching, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That we would come together and we would worship Him and sing praises unto Him. Any believer that thinks church attendance is not important is definitely out of touch with the Word of God. Church attendance is very important. It's important for you and it's important for those around you. We need that. But also, service to God. Doing the work of God. Ministering to others. 
serving our Lord. Come on, please look up here. We, we can all be ministers of the Lord. We can all be ministers. I mean, even if it's just sitting with a brother or sister in Christ and encouraging them in the Lord. I mean, it's trying to help them. I'm not talking about trying to run somebody's life. I'm not talking about trying to shove stuff down people's throat. I'm talking about in, 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 in the goodness of God and in the power of, of God that we would sit down with other people and we would try to help them to live the life that God wants them to live. The life that God wants them to live. Because it's a much better life. I mean, to help brothers and sisters in Christ be encouraged in the things of God. And move on. No, we can all be ministers, and we should be. I, I, I mean, it's God's purpose for us, isn't it? Exhorting one another, edifying one another. It, it's God's purpose. Doing the work of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. God's hand of blessing is upon churches that make His priorities their priorities. So, how do we demonstrate as a church an obedient heart of faith? Well, not only that, but by fervently seeking God's power. That's all members. Now, I don't want you to miss this because I, I, I think it's something, no, I, I know it's something all of us that are children of God and members of Riverside Baptist Church need by fervently seeking God's power. Look, look at verse 21 again. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Hava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of Him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all of our substance. The journey was not going to begin without seeking God for His protection and seeking God for His guidance. This was a faith matter. This was a faith matter. Please get this. He was determined to trust God more than he was trusting anything else. Uh, the group that was to be traveling was made up of families. There were families. Men, women, boys, girls that would be facing dangers as they traveled. They, they would be, 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 be taking risks during this trip. And also, they were carrying treasure with them. He talks there in verse 21 about our little ones and, and our substance. They were in need of protection. Those, those traveling with them, this wasn't a bunch of soldiers. No, 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 no. This was blue-collar workers. This normal folk, like you and me. And, and Ezra could have gone, Ezra could have gone to King Artaxerxes and asked for soldiers to travel with them. But he was ashamed to do so. No, look at verse 22 there. It says, For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Well, how come, preacher? Well, he, sells, he tells us right here. Because we had spoken unto the king. Well, what did you say? Well, saying, the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek Him. But His power and His wrath against all them that forsake Him. He told, he told, he told the king, the hand of our God is upon all them that, uh, for good that seek Him. 
So to go back to the king and to ask for a band of soldiers would be like saying, you know, I know I told you that God was watching over us, but, uh, you know, we really need you to protect us, king. I mean, I know I told you we're really dependent upon God, but, you know, if you could just give us a few soldiers to fall on. You know, if we're going to confess faith in our God to those that are around us, the very last thing we need to do is whatever would make God look small in the eyes of those we've confessed our faith to. Oh, no, I don't want you to miss that. God, God showed me that verse a long time ago when I was still traveling. Really, probably the first part of our evangelistic years traveling. God watched over us. He took care of us. I told people that all the time. I told people that all the time. Declared that, man, God's good to us. He meets our need. Takes care of us when we need something traveling on the road. We travel from church to church just depending on what that church would give us to get to the next church and get to the next church. Just depending upon God, just trusting God in the way along the way. I would have been ashamed truly to go to my family. Not that my family had anything, but if they would have, to go to my family, which were not as strong believers as I would like for him to be to go to my family and say, hey, could you loan me some money? Well, I thought you said God was taking care of you. Well, he is, but, you know, I'd have been ashamed. You know how that would have made God look in their sight? Small. We say we trust God, but do we really? We say we're dependent upon God, but are we really? Ezra wasn't about to go back. I mean, he, 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 didn't, he didn't want him, he didn't want God to, to look like he was not able to take care of them. Okay, let me say it this way then. God will always be on his throne. Always. King Artaxerxes, he wasn't always going to be on the throne. But God will always be on his throne. Accessible to every believer. I said he's accessible to every believer. Well, I don't know why they're blessed more than we are. I don't know why they have the hand of God upon them. Seem like they have the hand of God upon them more than we do. Well, maybe they are being obedient to the word. Maybe they are trusting God. Please stay with me here. Just a few more minutes. Maybe they are trusting God more than they're trusting other things. Because I promise you, the more we put faith in God, the more He does in our lives. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So Ezra led them to seek protection and guidance from God by prayer and fasting. To seek protection from God by prayer and fasting. <clears throat> Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. 
all, all I need. Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All, all I need. He was crucified. For me He died on Calvary. That is why I know that He loves me so. Christ is all I need. Do we really think like that anymore? Are we really that dependent upon Him like that anymore? Don't put your faith and trust in man when you have an almighty God sitting upon His throne that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. God is real. He's real. He can watch over us. He can take care of us. He's there for us. He's there for us. What they were doing, though, was to be done with fervency. Why do you say that, preacher? They afflicted themselves. Well, it says they afflicted themselves. What does that mean? Well, that word afflicted there means to humble or to force or, or to become low. But thinking about that word afflict, we can see that, that um, when we think about them afflicting themselves, we can see that this was not some half-hearted thing with them. They, they were serious about their fasting. They, they were seeking the Lord. This wasn't just something that they were doing. I mean, they were serious about this thing. They knew that they, uh, they, they needed, and, and they knew what they needed, and they were desperate to have God's protection as they traveled. And for that reason, get this, for that reason, they denied themselves food as a way of showing their hunger to have God's power on their lives. Why are you fasting? I need to be closer to God. Well, how come? Because I need God's help in everything I do. And I'm more concerned about Him feeding me than me feeding my flesh. They did it with fervency. I'm here to tell you, lukewarm Christianity is an enemy of the fervency in our churches today. Lukewarm Christianity. A a lukewarm church is never going to know the touch of God on its congregation. They can continue to go through the motions, the offerings can stay up, everything can be okay. But they'll never experience the hand of God. Revelation 3, verse 15, 16 says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And then he says this. He says this. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Well, preacher, so, you know, just because I'm kind of lukewarm on Christ, I mean, God's going to kick me out. Oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't want to do that. That's why he said to be zealous, therefore, and repent. 
No, no, no. That's not man alive. That that is not that is not help. Good grief, then. I guess I better repent. No. Be zealous. Mercy, I know I need God more than I need anything else. And I've been headed down the wrong path, the wrong way, been going the wrong way, been doing things wrong, been doing things my way, thinking my way is better than God's way. I, I need the Lord. I, I'm willing to turn back to You, Lord. I, I need Your help. Forgive me of these things and help me and change my heart and, and give, me, give, give, me, give, me, give, me, give me give me a new direction and help me along the way. Be selfish. Really wanting something from God. Not just going through the motions of coming to an altar, but I mean, really wanting something for God. We, we know that in Revelation chapter 3 that was written, written to the Laodicean church because they had lost their fervency. The, the members had become comfortable. The members had become complacent. I mean, yet even with that, God had not given up on them. They could repent and recover their love for Christ and be about His purpose for their lives. That's our God. That's our loving, caring, heavenly Father. He wants us to be close to Him. But we know this for sure, don't we? We know that God's work can only be done in God's power. No, God's real work. We can go through the motions, but God's work can only be done in God's power. You, 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 you don't get God's power by having a half-hearted attitude and a half-hearted devotion toward Jesus and His Word. You don't. The Apostle Paul said that he was pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, not coasting. He said he was pressing. Not coasting, not just hobbling along. Pressing. Jesus Himself said that we're to die to self and live for Him. That's what Jesus said. If Jesus said that, uh, He probably meant it, don't you think? We're to die to self. What we want. How we want to do things. And to live for Him. So if we're going to do God's work, we must have God's strength. And if we really want to see God's power at work in Riverside Baptist Church, we can't afford to have a half-hearted attitude and a half-hearted devotion to Jesus. We need to be wholehearted about this thing. We are to have biblical priorities and we'll have, we're to have spiritual fervency. And finally, we'll get this, do this quickly. We've got to be trustworthy of God's resources. Trustworthy of His resources. In verses 26 and 27, and we won't take time to read it, you can read it, we see an account of all the precious metal that's going back to Jerusalem with them. And they weighed each and every piece, and then they entrusted 12 individuals to transport all of those things. And bring it up to, today, to today's term, here's what was there. There was 25 tons of silver, there were 4 tons of gold, and then more than 4 tons of gold and silver basins and vessels that were to be used in the worship of God. So there was quite the treasure there. I mean, there was, there was, there was quite the offering there. So Ezra was to be meticulous in overseeing the transport and the delivery to the temple in Jerusalem because every bit of it, don't, don't, don't miss, every bit of it belonged to God. It belonged to God. 
Verse 28 says that. And I said unto them, Ye are holy unto the Lord. The vessels are holy also, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering unto the Lord God of your fathers. So it was all weighed, and it was recorded, and the men to whom it was given to transport were held accountable for the handling and for the delivery of these things. Any misuse of any part of it would have been stealing from God. I'm telling you, God will bless a church that handles His resources with integrity. Stay with me. Stay with me. Just a couple more minutes. Stay with me. God will bless a church who handles His resources, His, with integrity. Well, it's not like we don't know that preacher. Well, stay with me here. God entrusts you and me with resources that belong to Him. A tithe. A tenth. He trusts us with that. He gives us what we have. He gives us what we have. I work for my money. He gives us the health and the strength that we have to work. He gives us what we have. And we prove our integrity by delivering that to God's house for God's purposes so that the work of God can go on. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. So God's work continues to go forward and God's work continues to prosper as the people of God are faithful with the resources that he has entrusted to them. Verse 36 tells us that the reason behind Ezra warning God's hand on him and and those with him. God's people in Jerusalem had grown spiritually complacent. And and through that, God's house had been neglected. And and upon the arrival arrival of Ezra and those that were with him, they gave their offerings and they sacrificed to the Lord. And in doing so, well, verse 36 says this, and they furthered the people and the house of God. So here's what happened. Here's what happened. A fresh movement of God was experienced. God's presence, God's power, and God's purpose for their nation was restored. That's exactly what God wants to do here at Riverside Baptist Church. No, it's exactly what He wants to do here at Riverside Baptist Church. A, a, a fresh experience. Please stay with me here. Just I'm, I'm right at done. A fresh experience. A fresh experience of His presence and His power and His purpose in our church body. A fresh experience. Let me finish with this. We read in the book of Acts of a church that was established in Antioch. The church ended up being the sending church for the Apostle Paul. Quite the missionary. God called and used him as a great missionary to the Gentile world. Aren't you glad? Absolutely so. That happened because God's hand was upon a group of Christians that took the gospel to Antioch. We read that in Acts chapter 11, verse 12. And the hand of the Lord was with them, 
And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. They had a touch of God upon their lives. They weren't just playing church. And I guarantee you, every church, every church needs that during every stage of its life. And it's what our church needs this morning. A fresh visit from God. You know, salvation is the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive. If you've been saved by God's grace, you know what I'm saying is true. The greatest gift anybody could ever receive. Because you know the joy of having your sin forgiven. You know the hope uh, 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 that you have a home in heaven waiting for you. And how amazing is it that we have been entrusted, we as a church have been entrusted with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that we might share it with others. We've been entrusted with that. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He's alive today, sitting at the right hand of His Father, very able and very willing to forgive and to save whosoever will call upon His name. If you've never done that, I would encourage you to do it today. To those that are in here that are saved, surely you see the need to have God's hand upon us. Us. God wants to bless His children. God wants to put His hand upon His churches. He wants to do that. We could read other things in the book of the Revelation where He wrote to the churches where that's not always the case. And it's not because God didn't want it, it's because the people had strayed away from what God wanted them to be doing. He'll do that to a church if the church will make His priorities their priorities. And we have to remember this, it is us that makes up the church. We make up the church. Make His priorities our priorities. And He'll do that if a church, uh, for a church, if a church is hungering and thirsting after His righteousness and power for the ministries of the church. And it's us that makes up the church. It's us. We make up the church. And He'll do that for a church that can be trusted with His resources. And it's us that makes up the church. We, we need God's hand upon Riverside Baptist Church. Preacher, you're standing up there acting like, acting like we don't do anything. Oh, no, no, no. We, I'm telling you, with everything that's going on this year, we're blessed. God's blessed us. Absolutely so. But can you just imagine, can you just imagine if all of us were truly seeking God with all of our heart all the time? with a willingness to do things the way that He would have us to do things all the time. Can you imagine what this church would be if everyone was just really on fire for God, if I can say it that way? I mean, wanting their relationship to be better with God. Seeking God, I mean, every day. Looking unto the Lord to do in their lives what only God can do. Can you imagine if that, this church was unified that way where every member was truly seeking God with all their heart. Can you imagine what God might do here? If we're not experiencing all that God wants to do here, 
then what will you and I do about it today? I mean, whatever area in your life that's not what God wants it to be, why not just go ahead and surrender that to Him today? I love our church. I'm so thankful to be a part of it. Truly, I mean it. I want to see God do more through our church than we've ever seen before. But it's going to take all of us committed to do things the way that God would have us to do things.